0: THK
1: News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. For the second day in a row, Hong Kong posts fewer than 8,000 new COVID infections. HKU researchers warn that their suicide warning index is near crisis levels and the elderly are particularly at risk. And from Thursday, people who flout compulsory COVID-19 notices will face heavier fines and up to six months in prison. Health officials have reported fewer than 8,000 new COVID infections for a second consecutive day. They said the SAR had 7,596 cases. 3,164 were identified by PCR tests and the rest were reported by people taking rapid tests. Officials also reported 149 deaths at public hospitals, taking the toll from the fifth wave to 7,358. Researchers at the University of Hong Kong say their suicide warning index has risen to an unprecedented crisis level, reflecting the stress from the fifth wave of COVID infections. They said elderly people are more at risk of taking their own lives. The researchers said the figure for the suicide early warning system was at its highest on March 21st, when the number of coronavirus cases was still above 14,000. Professor Paul Lipp from the University Centre for Suicide Research and Prevention says social distancing measures have affected people's mental health.
0: Social so distancing has introduced, I think, not only the physical distancing and also the emotional disconnectedness.
1: I think it is this emotional disconnectedness. I think this is a sense of isolation, sense of being abundance. I think by the family members or by the community,
0: I think which have, um, an adverse, um, impact, I think on their mental health for this, uh, elderly. I think if they live by themselves, I
1: think the community ourselves, I think we can be proactively, I think to engage them as well. The government says it's toughening the punishment for people who refuse to comply with compulsory COVID notices. Currently, people could face a fine of $10,000 if they ignore testing notices. But from Thursday, the penalty has more than doubled to $25,000 with a jail sentence of six months. Health officials also warned that if people refuse to follow quarantine or isolation orders, they could face a fine of $10,000 and a jail sentence of half a year. The new penalties have been approved by the Executive Council. The Kowloon mosque says it hopes to reopen in late April as scheduled so that Muslims can pray there for part of the holy month of Ramadan. The government has said religious venues can open on the 21st of April if there's no rebound in COVID infections. Ramadan begins on the 2nd of April. The chief imam of Hong Kong, Mufti Muhammad Arshad, said the mosque will adhere to the government's social distancing requirements.
0: If the last 10 days of Ramadan we find the mosque are open, indeed it will be a great uh, happiness for our community and indeed we will follow if the government asks only vaccinated people can come we will follow and only we will allow those who are fully vaccinated.
1: Doctors at Queen Elizabeth Hospital say the medical condition of coronavirus patients has improved since it was converted into a COVID treatment facility earlier this month. They also say that with caseloads now dropping they hope the hospital can restart other medical services soon. More from Mike Weeks. Dr Wu-Tak Chu, who heads the infectious diseases team at Queen Elizabeth, said the number of serious cases has dropped by a quarter. Now they have more beds in the hospital for COVID patients.
0: Patients are no longer stranded in the accident and emergency department for long periods of time, which delay their treatment. Even though the condition of some patients may be rather serious, the number of intensive care beds has doubled from around 11 or 12, so more patients can receive intensive care.
1: Dr Wu added that the concentration of oxygen required by intubated patients is now lower. A chief manager with the hospital authority, Dr. Tang Kam Sheng, said doctors can focus on treating coronavirus patients and infection control measures can be simplified as COVID and non COVID patients no longer mix. He said the number of patients will hopefully decrease soon and they will look into when non COVID healthcare services can resume at the hospital. And on to the weather. It'll be mainly cloudy. One or two showers tonight and tomorrow morning. Sunny intervals tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 19 and 24 degrees. Moderate easterly winds in the outlook. Sunny period on Thursday. It'll be rather warm during the day, but it will become cool and windy with a few rain patches on Friday and Saturday. It'll become fine and dry early next week. Right now it's 20 degrees Celsius, humidity 87%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. A group of homeless people have won a lawsuit against the government over the authorities' decision to remove their belongings from the streets two years ago. Jimmy Choi has more.
0: The court heard that riot police and staff from the Leisure and Cultural Services Department, or the LCSD, carry out a clearance operation on December the 21st in 2019 to affect the homeless people living in Chau Street Park in Shui Po. The nine claimants filing a lawsuit against the government said LCSD staff had put their belongings in a nearby garbage truck for the collection and threw away uncollected items a few days later. The claimants each asked for $2,000 to around $13,000 in damages for their alleged losses. Handing down his judgment, adjudicator Arthur Lamb said the defendant had failed to prove that the LCSD had provided due care to the claimants' items. He ordered the department to pay each claimant a nominal $100 in damages.
1: Police say they've rearrested 13 men in connection with the social unrest in 2019 and charged 12 of them with rioting and the other with possessing anything with intent to destroy or damage property. The suspects, aged between 25 and 54, will appear in the Eastern Court tomorrow for mention. Some also face additional charges, such as possessing offensive weapons and resisting police in the due execution of their duties. Beijing has complained to Australia about turning back Chinese students for failing to disclose they had undergone mandatory military training at mainland universities. Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin said a number of students had recently been denied entry to Sydney of what he believes is a misunderstanding. Kenny Hodger reports. Wang Wenbin told reporters that Australian authorities had recently revoked the visas of several Chinese students and repatriated them when they tried to enter Australia. All students at Chinese universities go through a stint of military training in their first year. The students who were turned back had not disclosed this information, Mr Wang acknowledged, but he said he believed Australian border officials wrongly thought such training was equivalent to actual military service. Mr Wang said Australia's actions ran counter to -to people-to-people interaction and win-win cooperation. An Australian Border Force spokesman said the government body did not comment on individual cases but added that it can and does cancel visas at the border if a traveller has provided false information. Turning overseas now and the latest face-to-face talks between delegations from Ukraine and Russia have ended in Istanbul. Turkish media report the discussion lasted three hours. The Ukrainian side said it had suggested a new system of security guarantees with countries such as Turkey acting as guarantors. As the negotiations took place, Russia's defense minister Sergei Shoigu reiterated that its military had achieved the main objectives of what he called the first phase of the operation. The BBC's Jenny Hill reports from Moscow.
0: Moscow continues to insist that what it calls a special military operation is going according to plan and enjoys growing popular support. Earlier, the defense minister said that Russian forces had significantly reduced Ukraine's military capabilities. Sergei Shoigu said that troops would now focus on what he described as the liberation of Donbass in eastern Ukraine. The Kremlin is demanding that the Ukrainian government gives up control of the region, although it's by no means clear that such a concession would be enough for Vladimir Putin to withdraw his troops.
1: The head of the International Atomic Energy Agency is visiting Ukraine to ensure the safety of the country's nuclear plants. Rafael Grossi said urgent action was needed to prevent the danger of an accident. From Vienna, where the agency is based, here's the BBC's Bethany Bell.
0: Mr Grossi said the conflict in Ukraine was putting its atomic power plants in unprecedented danger. He said there'd already been several close calls. He appealed for urgent action to make sure the facilities could continue to operate safely and securely and reduce the risk of a nuclear accident. The IAEA is planning to send experts to Ukrainian sites and deliver monitoring and emergency equipment.
1: Queen Elizabeth has taken part in a Thanksgiving service for her late husband, Prince Philip, in her first public appearance for five months. The 95-year-old British monarch arrived at Westminster Abbey walking with a stick. She was accompanied by her son, Prince Andrew. The Dean of Westminster, the very Reverend David Hoyle, paid tribute to the man who was the Queen's husband for 73 years. His was a discipline and character that seized opportunity and overcame obstruction and difficulty. We recall with affection and respect the sustained offering of a long life lived fully. British police say they've issued an initial 20 fines over events hosted at at government offices in London in breach of coronavirus restrictions. Officers have been investigating a dozen gatherings at Downing Street and the Cabinet Office, some attended by the Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Media reports of alcohol fueled lockdown parties led to calls for Mr Johnson's resignation earlier this year. But the BBC's Rob Watson says Mr Johnson appears safe for now is immediate future isn't threatened. But there is a sense that the sort of initial crisis over Ukraine is slightly kind of wearing off. Secondly, that the whole party gate thing has permanently damaged Boris Johnson's reputation amongst Conservative MPs. And perhaps most importantly of all, and thirdly, is this sort of, there's a sort of general souring of the mood in the governing Conservative Party over things like the cost of living and a sense that the economy is not on the right track. But, I mean, in the immediate future, uh, I think Ukraine trumps
0: party gate.
1: Finance and private home prices have fallen to their lowest level since January last year. New government indices show that private flat prices in February fell over 2% month-on-month and 0.7% on-year. Flat prices dropped almost 3% in the first two months of this year. But private home rents in February ended a four-month drop and rebounded to December's level, seeing a 0.5% rise compared to the month before. The U.S. Transportation Department says it's approved an application by China Eastern Airlines to temporarily move New York to Shanghai flights over COVID measures to a different mainland airport. It granted China Eastern's request from March 31st to move existing flight twice-weekly Shanghai westbound passenger flights from New York to China's fuzhou Changde Airport through the end of April. China Eastern said earlier that because of evolving coronavirus pandemic control measures in the Shanghai region, it's been instructed by Chinese aviation officials to divert Shanghai-bound passenger flights arriving from the U.S. to certain alternate airports. The International Monetary Fund and Mozambique have reached agreement on a loan of nearly five hundred million U.S. dollars, the first since the IMF suspended support six years ago. The IMF said it expected final approval to be made in the coming weeks. International donors cut off aid to Mozambique following a two billion U.S. dollar corruption scandal in 2016. French judges have ordered Google to rewrite the contracts it uses for app developers after officials said they were imposing tariffs on startups. The U.S. tech giant was fined €2 million for abusive commercial practices and told to modify seven clauses in its contracts, according to a ruling by a commercial court in Paris. One of the the clauses forced developers to price their apps within a range set by Google, awarding the firm a 30% commission from each sale in the Play Store. France's Competition Authority started legal proceedings in 2018 over the contract clauses. The judges gave Google three months to change the contracts. Football now in Japan have already booked their uh, their place at a seventh World Cup after beating Australia last week. But their campaign ended on a flat note after they drew one all with Vietnam in their final qualifier. Japan manager Hajime Moriyasu says his team will need to shape up if they are to meet their target of reaching the World Cup quarterfinals. Vietnam had just taken three points from nine games in Group B. Cricket and opener Travis Head staged a remarkable return to one-day cricket with a fiery century to guide Australia to 313 for seven in the opening day-night international against Pakistan in Lahore. He knocked a 72-ball 101, his second one-day international 100. Ben McDermott hit a career-best 55 from 70 balls after Australia was sent in to bat at Gaddafi Stadium. A short time ago, Pakistan were 25 for one. Meanwhile, former England skipper Michael Vaughan says Joe Root should step down as England test captain following his side's series loss to the West Indies. Root is in the spotlight after the 1-0 series defeat, which came on the back of a woeful 4-0 ashes thrashing by Australia. That extended England's pull run to four successive test series defeats. The 31-year-old Yorkshire Batman has led England to a record 64 tests, winning 27 games more than any other captain, but lost 26, which is also more than any other skipper. Vaughan says it's better to have root in the side, but unburdened by the captaincy. And a reminder of our top stories tonight for the second day in a row, Hong Kong posts fewer than 8,000 new COVID infections. HKU researchers warn that their suicide warning index is near crisis levels. And from Thursday, people who flout compulsory COVID notices will face heavier fines and up to six months' prison. The news from RTHK. RTHK, radio
0: free. And Pappas and California
1: dreaming Just before the news to update you In case you weren't familiar With the version of an old David Allen Coe song Stan Walker and Parson James With a brilliant piece called Tennessee Whiskey That was requested by Jim That sort of reminded me of Tupelo Honey as well Van Morrison's song We followed that with Buck's Fizz And their hit The Land of Make Believe Welcome to the second hour Now can we have something else please Tom very much Peter King with you of course through to 1am our sentimental journey departs at around five past midnight this one for Michael thanks for getting in touch uh,
0: something
1: for you from the monkeys walk
0: out Bill don't you walk out we got things to say talk out let's have it talked out and things will be okay